Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Right, welcome to Fatigue Index. Who needs this nonsense? Uh, uh, with me this week, I have uh, a friend of mine, Neil Parsley. Pars, how you doing, dude? Good, Si. How are you? Very, very well. Um, I'm a little bit less rushed than you are today, but I uh, appreciate your time in this in this uh, busy traversing of the country. Um, no you don't need to go through your background, but like quickly, uh, Parsons of Red, who's also a very experienced uh, S&C coach, sports scientist for England in a variety of sports and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, Pass, why don't you tell us about how you became a Red? A Red. Yeah, so easy choice for me being a Red. Uh, my dad had a big link to Liverpool football. He um, He was playing for... Obviously, school the schoolboys and, and the borough that he lived in it was it was Liverpool schoolboys. There's obviously like Sefton and, and Nosley schoolboys, but he played for, for actually says Liverpool schoolboys, but that's just all the schools in a certain area in Liverpool. He was from Norris Green, so he um, he signed for Liverpool at fourteen and a half. So Very he had cool. an option, yeah, he had an option for Liverpool and Everton, um, and chose Liverpool, um, which is which is obviously. I don't know. Pretty cool. Pretty cool to say your dad. And then, so we went on. He then signed and as an, an apprentice at sort of 16 and a half. Um, and by the way, sorry, the year after he signed at 14 and a half, Shankly came to the club. Wow. So Shank, 
Yeah, yeah. So Shankly, Shankly, sorry, Shankly, I think it was 59. It's 59. My dad signed in 1960. So it was round about then. Shankly, Shankly's around. Shankly signed him. Um, well, he, he said, actually, he said to me, Shankly signed him as a pro. So I don't know if Shankly had the decision on him as an apprentice, but Shankly signed him. So Shankly, he was in Shankly's first squad. There's a bit of a thing going on. There's had, he's had a few people um, getting in touch with him recently. Someone's written a book, one of the guys in Shankly's first ever squad. And my dad was in that. So he, they all meet up at Christmas now. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he, he did that. But then also Shankly sacked him at 19. Um, he broke he broke his ankle. And anyway, that, that sort of put pay to his, his career, unfortunately. He, played, he got on the bench, got on the bench for the first team once. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's why I'm a red. Very cool. And crazy how, how I can touch on some of the stuff I want to talk about with injuries. But, like, the difference... Uh, injuries make now compared to like generation three generations ago, whatever. Um, yeah. but even a generation ago, yeah, yeah, that's it's funny that he does say, you know, it literally back in the day, if you broke your ankle, you pretty much were, were out for a long, long time. So he was sort of like, right, that's it, I'm afraid you're yeah. you're done, <laughs> you're done. There's so, like, there was, there was yeah. no medical, uh, like no. The, the, the physio, the doctor, it w- might be somebody the manager knows. There'd be no official uh, uh, employment of, of any medical staff or anything. No, I presume. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, the sponge, the bucket and sponge was just the coaches then, wasn't it? Probably wasn't. Yeah, yeah it's just, it just coaches, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, very cool. Yeah. yeah, very, yeah, very. Like one sub. He always, he always reminds me that when they played one sub, you know, one, literally one sub and that was it, um, which, yeah. Just shows you that it may. So, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's all very different nowadays. All very different. So quickly, what uh, just for context for people, what because um, we're kind of the same age. What is the team of your life? What is the the great team that made you love Liverpool? Um, I'll I'll I can literally to this day remember us sitting down in our front room watching the three one win. Craig Johnston crosses it to Rush. 3-1 at, at, um, at Wembley when they beat when they beat uh, Everton. 86. Yeah. yeah. So I, I literally that was that was the team, you know, that was that was Craig Johnston, Dalgleish, Rush, you know, all them all them unbelievable Bobby, players. Whelan, Hansen, yeah, Hansen McDermott, who gets weirdly. No, uh, McDonald, he was in the team that day. Yeah, McDonald, McDonald, there you go. McDonald, McMahon, um Lawrence and Hansen, me, me and my brother used to laugh at Hansen and Lawrence and the fact they'd never pass back. Like they literally, they'd, they'd do everything not to do a pass back to the goalie. It's a grab a lot, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've grew, and he had that. Remember, he fell out with Be- so Beglin, so they had a fallout. Him and Beglin had a big, had a big um, fallout in that final. The, uh, yeah, yeah I remember a, it. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant sort of turning point. I think, I think if I remember, and then he made a great save. Graham Sharp's a looping header that's made flying it flying backwards, flying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's the team I remember most, and and remember like really enjoying watching Liverpool, me, and my brother, and my dad. Um, so yeah, good, good times, crazy. Right, let's crack on with. I have like some some fairly specific uh, topics I wanted to to pick your brains about. So um, for those that don't know, that uh, that Neil's. Uh, work with uh, as as the main what we would call an SNC, but a p- physical performance coach, fitness dude. 
for England rugby <laughs> back in the day. Uh, also, he's got a gym local. Uh, what's your gym called? Underground training station over on the over on the Wirral in Hoylake. There you go. Um, so if you want to get jacked, that's the place to go. But <laughs> my point is that he likes the idea of being jacked. He's full on the strength component of the strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> I want to talk about, I have very strong feelings about this, the prototypical footballer. What does the prototypical footballer currently look like? And the the physical body type of, of a footballer has uh, very specific traditions and leading to physical qualities we're trying to train. And I'm not sure if um an 11 and a half stone if if a 74 kilo um six foot player with a vo2 max of 58 is the optimal somatotype for um the physical demands of current football what do you think this is a great question i've got to say i think um this is a great question because i've I speak to obviously parents about this a lot. People are always asking me and people talking about what I see in and around, you know, uh, England players. Um, done some consultancy at Manchester City recently um, in the rehab unit there and, you know, seen, you know, work with premiership players. I, I think you can't put your finger on it. So I, I, for me, I'm going to, because I'm going to give you two massively sort of like opposite end of the spectrum. I'll give you Phil Foden. And I'll give you Harland or Van Dyke. So you're talking probably a 25 kilogram difference, a six, seven inch difference, six inches difference, maybe more with Harland. Um, you know, the actual, the, the thing, so my, my thing is very strong legs, very strong core, not that much up top. So it's like you you sort of becoming, I hate to say this, this is a really, really um, strange one to say. So I worked with British Cycling for a long time. So if you looked at Chris Hoy back in the day, he had unbelievably big, strong, powerful legs, a core of steel, and they used to have to, they minimized the upper body because they didn't want the draft. It was a draft thing. Um, so they, they, they minimized their upper body. So they definitely, they weren't allowed in the gym to get too big on their upper upper body, and I and I and then obviously being very lean as well. So there's a there's a sort of you know power to weight ratio, and I I actually think and I have used that to people. Some people just look at me a bit weird, but I actually think that for me is the way I see. That's the way I see the football. And now I can't say they've got to be six foot for me because you can't because Messi, Phil Foden, some of the best players in the world are five foot eight, you know. So is six foot better than five foot eight? Well, no, no, it depends. It depends for, for me, because if you look at what you need to, 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 as long as you can accelerate, as long as you can, you've got the physical prowess, you know, is Phil Foden very fast off the mark? Can he accelerate? Yes. As it, does he, does he set himself up with a strong base? Is he very clever the way he positions his body and his feet on the ground so that he doesn't lose jewels? Doesn't get shrugged, pushed off the ball? Yes. Is he is he very very fit? Is he got a real high intensity fitness that allows him to to work very very hard in pockets of the game continually? Yes. So so that's that. There's my my sort of like take, and we can dig in more and more. But I can't say that there's an absolute perfect um, body 
that you've got to go right. That's if you're not like that, you're not going to go. I'd say you've got to be lean. You've got to be phenomenally strong and robust around your groin, your hip, you know, your, your hip, your hip mobility. You've got to be able to accelerate. So you've got to be fast. You have got to play at the premiership. I, I say to people, the body weights in the premiership and the body compositions are definitely, you know, body comp lower, body weights lower than the championship, first division, second division. So there's like a, you know, if I go and watch Tramia play, um my my local club um they look like i, I don't want to say it but they look like a totally different physical physical um group of players than the liverpool team you know they are markably heavier and you know bigger just uh, just generally overall and i'm pretty sure i reckon on average i'm going to say at least five kilograms heavier if not more if you, you did, if you did the body weight, sorry. Would you put that down to uh, body fat, or I've seen? I would suggest that's changed over the last ten years, a, a little bit in line with society. But from semi-pro up, really, I think semi-pro would be like national and southern leagues would yeah. right up to maybe Division One would be a similar physical type of, of footballer. Ten years ago, there used to be some fat lads. There used to be some unfit lads. There used to be some skinny lads that could get around. Now, you get a lot of lads that go to pure gym and yes. have got guns of steel. And, like, they're all jacked. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly that. They look exactly like they're on Love stuff. Island. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Because, and then, I hate to say it, the, the sort of longer ball game, that sort of, you know, if you're, if you're a centre-half, in you know, in the in the second division, I think you're dealing with a lot of you know direct 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 play. So physicality, you're wrestling, you are wrestling with players a lot of the time. And I think that as you say, that 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 sort of player. I watched Tramia play Swansea. Someone to tell me, but probably I've got to say five years ago, maybe at Prenton Park. So I looked at the Tramia team, and I'll be totally honest, they looked like almost bordering on rugby. Sort of like the size, the size. I was like, wow, look at the size of these guys. Swansea looked like they needed a meal. They needed a good, a, you know, they literally <laughs> needed, they needed feeding compared to the Tramia guys. And they ran the speed, the speed. They have a couple of, couple of French guys playing for them. They were probably looking about six, 68, 70 kilos wet through. Wow. They, they destroyed them. They destroyed Tramia because. They again, it was it's a different, it's a totally different way of playing. They were playing in between the lines. It was all about speed, high intensity, um, and Tramia were 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 playing a different game in, in in the lower divisions. It's it's you know very, very different for me. I've seen, you know, seen seen a lot of the sort of lower divisions worked at Stockport for a bit. And you know, this, you've still got brilliant players. I'm not saying before people start giving me absolute pelters, there's pl there's players in them divisions who are very very fast, very very quick, and are light and lean. But the average body weight, I'm pretty sure, as you go through the divisions, definitely decreases as you get to the prem. And I think body composition, and I think you're right, lean lean muscle mass is definitely a thing in the lower divisions. Whereas you know, I, I remember seeing like Gerard Hippier. And like to this day, you see like Harlands and you see you see the England players taking their tops off. They are like these cyclists that I used to see where they are minimizing total body weight. Because if you've got to run, you know, if you've got to run 1500 meters 
of high speed running in a match. So I'm not talking about volume here because the volume, the total volume of running in games is not that much different. If anything, between the under 16s and the seniors, we've, 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 we've got stats at the FA that prove that. So everyone's running 12K, say 12, round about 12K. It's down to the intensity. It's the speed, the high intensity speed. So the speed above 19.8 kilometers per hour. 5.5 meters per second, whatever, whichever units you want to work in. So we look at that as a metric. Above that, the higher levels live there more. It's that's, as simple as that. That's where the gold happens, isn't it? That's where the magic happens. Right. Really? That's, where the, that's where the magic happens. And I, and again, because I, I think some parents come to me, I, I deal with a lot of young, younger sort of players, 16, 16 to 18 to 19. And, and some parents, I mean, again, they're not, they're not sports scientists. So I, I get it. They'll say, oh, yeah, he did, he did 12K. He did 12K on Friday. And I'm like, that is fantastic. And I made up that Johnny's done 12K. But, it's the high intensity that I'm more interested in because I'll know what what was his max speed. So I'll say, what was his max speed? And did the sports scientist have a metric where it says high speed running, which might include the sprint distance as well? Some people include it, some people don't. That's what I'm more interested in, being honest. And I, I try and educate them to, to start. To, they shouldn't stop looking at total distance, but that's not the differentiator. The differentiator physically is going to be the high, the high, the high intensity running metrics for sure, and that's what you get when you you get closer to the prem. Yeah, but I, the, another uh, so it depends entirely which GPS tracker you use and that kind of stuff as to what specific metrics they have. But uh, I use a we use stats uh, stats sports and they they have a um, uh, a metric called DSLs. Um, and so you like, uh, ideally, I want those over 250. It's like uh, ag cells and D cells. And yes. and so, uh, yeah, I want that's the high intensity stuff that I want. The high intensity running, lots of it, but also I want lots of sharp movement. For sure. That, that's right. So that, that metric on stat sports, you only get them above three meters per second. So, you, you know, if you're cruising round, chugging around doing 12k but without real intensity you won't even get any of them whereas if you're as you say violently violently accelerating decelerating pressing you know making runs but it, it's full full-blooded with high speed um you get these xl d cells and, and you, you're dead right that's an, that's another one another one to look at um they've just so. they've just added a, a, an extra um category called uh impacts as well which is fascinating i don't know if you've looked at it since because it's only been up like two weeks um no uh which is is crazy some of the uh providers have similar stuff from rugby whatever before but um we've got a girl that has that had we played wolves last week and she had 380 and it was more than double anybody else in the pitch and you can just wow. see this she's super fast but she's constantly battering into into girls it's just wow. so which it links into this in that you say there's no like you'd keep them like like a t-rex so big jack legs really <laughs> strong solid core which is um if people are care about if people that listen to this care about uh relating this to their kids or themselves training that um my thinking about core is what you're doing is you're creating an um an axis of which your legs and your upper body rotate around so you want it to be as solid and stiff as possible 
um, like concrete. That's the point. So all of the other bits around it can move. And that bit will protect you from you from having like a pelvis movement that you don't want, which will cause injuries further down or up the chain from there. Does, does that is similar to your way of thinking? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I always, the, my, my sort of go-to is you'll never find a sprinter. You'll never find a sprinter with a weak core because if everything's got to move, the, the, the four, your four limbs have got to move rapidly again, aggressively, violently fast. Something's got to, got to be the foundation that's your core so if if we if we train that to be that as you say concrete sort of super anti-rotator anti-extender etc etc then everything else can work really hard off that if that's not and i think that's that's why for me you know strong core strong glutes lower back lower back's not doing what it shouldn't be doing yeah for people for reference in my brain i don't know about yours core isn't your abs core is core is below your chest to to your balls basically yeah perfect yeah so you you're talking everything everything around you the back your backside your backside down the sides down the middle and your lower back so it's it's very much like a cylinder so um yeah if you get that get that right that means that your lower back doesn't have because that's this is the problem especially in youth football with sort of stress fractures around lower backs you know this this is mass for me massively important that you get the the foundation of your core strong as early as we can and then you know again it just it's gonna it's gonna build your your foundation you know just think of a house you want to build a foundation strong and that's what you for, for, for i think for for me and you that comes from building a, a really strong core um yeah once you once you've got that then the, you know the legs the legs are gonna you know the, the wear and tear on legs are huge so re- robustness just from having you know very very strong quads hamstrings groin muscles um you know that's gonna that's gonna really again just prevent injuries so it's it's very much changing changing the way players think about it. I try and talk to them about going in the gym is number one availability. Do you want to be on the pitch all the time? Right. Go in there and be available all the time by doing your gym work. That's going to prevent injuries. Number two, the the byproduct is you're going to look good as well. Perfect. But don't be going in there. And I think that's, as you say, there's like a bit of a the pure gym phenomenon where people are going in and doing too much chest and biceps. Um, and and they're, and they're, they're worrying about what they look like in their top rather than worrying about their availability and doing the hip mobility and hip strengthening exercises that are that is going to keep them playing you know week in week out and and away from the physio hip strengthening exercises 100% I, is is the key to staying fit that's that's as as what I see kids getting in the gym and um, and clubs from around the country as they're promoting young SNCs, they're going for big glutes and hamstrings. Some go for quads. Um, so we're creating big, big engines to, to produce force. But what I see is um, is the bits that control the pelvis around the groin, the hip flexors and the adductors from slight change of direction and how you're controlling that that um, that landing momentum. Um, which is where I see most injuries coming from around the top of the thigh. Um, that that's where I don't know 
that is where your the most valuable strength training is done in the gym and you prevent and you create tension and control around the pelvic keeping the pelvis stable which is done through the hips i don't need a vpn i've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what i used to tell myself before i hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but i can now access all the websites i want whenever i want and do so from absolutely anywhere as a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah. Bang on, mate. Totally with you, with you on that. That's there's your, there's again your fundamentals. Um, and, and just just while we delve into this, right, with um, we're jumping all over the place a little bit because you, like myself, uh, probably specialise in or have an interest in either uh, developing athletes. So the ones not already done. Uh, like I, I stopped being interested in training 25 year old footballers 10 years ago because there's, there's they're already done. They don't want to know. They might want to change their body. When they get to 30, they might be interested. But before they're 23, you can actually impact their career. And younger than that, you can impact their life. That's how I feel about it anyway. And and you also have a track record of uh, of developing youth athletes. Um where do you see like loading for those kids and and what are priorities in 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 like a, a 12 year old academy footballer that kind of stuff yeah great great shout great shout i'm actually gonna actually we're putting a video together at the gym at my gym on this because we've we've got like a yeah we, we focus almost like um i don't know, i don't want to say but the our gym is the, one of the main focuses is youth youth development. So it's become a real high performance center for youth development. So that's something that we're, we're very proud of. We, 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 we've worked hard to get it like that. Um, but we've got, we feel, we feel it's, it's, it's important that we educate. Um, and the video is basically on exactly what you, what you've just mentioned. So, so the, what we're trying to get away from is parents who, again, just don't don't know. They they think that football every night of the week and playing two, three, possibly even four games on a weekend is the best thing because you know if you don't know, you don't know. So for me, it would be like it's a combination of well, if they're twelve, why aren't they doing something different? So you know, can they do a different sport? Um, and then for sure, get them in the gym into a. You know, an accredited, we're both accredited by the UK Strength and Conditioning Association, the UKSCA. Get them, find a UKSCA coach and get them doing a, a, a you know, a well-planned strength and conditioning program. So that should be, if that if that's integrated in their weekly schedule, um, then for me, the sort of the fundamentals, these foundations that we're both talking about 
start getting really, really well embedded. And don't get me wrong, if you're at Liverpool, if you're at Man City, these things start to happen, um, which is which is great, which is the right thing. But you know, if you're not at a category category one academy, category two academy, these these don't happen. So I think yeah, that for me in, include this trending initiative. If you can include a different sport, even better. Um, or even you know the, the the combination of the two. So you got a really so you got a really mixed week. So you're not specialising too early. You've got the strength and conditioning element, um, and I think that's a real. I think we'll see more and more players with better careers who follow this path. And I think hopefully, hopefully the the education, hopefully yourself, my myself with the gym, we can get that out there and help parents. You know, I think it's really really important that we help parents because they don't know and it's it's something that's so important to to kids nowadays to to have to have the um to have people around them that can help them with this sort of stuff your first thing you would touch on like we just talked about a couple of minutes ago would be the thing you can do at home as much as you like core training yeah yeah some core training anti-rotation anti-extension anti-flexion all of that stuff you've been able to control movement around the core so your body so your core can stop your arms and legs moving that's when there's an external force pulling on them in a different direction yeah all that can be done at home you don't even need a gym at that point um and the stronger that is the better they're going to take to any other type of training yeah definitely and then and then it's just about movement sort of literacy isn't it you know like sort of you know like i think that's again that's why i mean this should be in schools i think we we both we both sort of you know i think i think young snc coaches would be great pe teachers because your 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 um physical literacy which is basically your you know you've been able to do your being able to do your arithmetic as a mathematician being able to to spell as a as someone who needs to to be able to spell so english and maths there's, a, there's a, the same equivalent of movement. So your movement literacy, can you do a lunge? Can you do a squat? Can you do a hinge? You know, all these things that, that me and Sai put into our programs. If the kids can do these, so if they're getting taught to do these at, at the right age, then again, this just helps. This just helps them come through and move better and be able to play loads of different sports. So, you know, that, that that's something that I think we're both, you know you're passionate about it and I definitely am. Absolutely. And it, it, it re- removes the physical barriers to their that is going to stop their career path. If that's the goal that you're going to have. Yeah. Um, that's that's the idea we've got. Weirdly, Connor Bradley is uh, the first superhero to make it in the Premier League. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. That's very cool. Eh? Um, so we've done like the kids stuff. Let's talk about a little bit i've got a, cu- a couple of extra things i want to talk about was what do you feel about um coming from like uh, working with international camps and stuff that a club like a player is owned by the club the player's training playing load is controlled by the club and its incentive is driven by success of the club and yeah. then you have the incentive of England or Italy or Norway or whatever for an international camp or for the summer or just for those those three ridiculous week weeks we have during the season where you have to go away to, to international camp right in the middle of the season. How how do those training um, intent mould for the betterment of the player? 
Um, is it possible? Is it possible to to still keep both things in mind for the player, or or is it always going to slightly leak one way or the other because we have these separate interests? Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's, a, it's a very good question and not straightforward because you've got a lot of again, it's multifactorial. It's like it's like an injury. You know, it's just never down to one one single thing. And I think a player's career is never down to one thing. And I think international windows can help players massively. You know, they can they can put people in a shot window who aren't playing at the club, possibly, especially with the age group I've I've worked with, like sort of eighteen, nineteen. Um, you know, we were talking you're talking about players who who are in between that they're, they're almost too good to play in the under twenty ones but they're not good enough to play with the first team. So that so so if I'm using my my example of that group is you get players who who aren't playing first team football but then they come away with England and we're playing at a level that is is a high level because you're playing against Italy, you're playing against you know the best nations around the world. So so they are really good games for the developing developing players. But if they are in a full-time program playing every week and then it becomes very, very tough because we know that the level that in the Premiership Championship at the moment, that the level of the the games, how quickly the games come, the cadence of the games. Um, if you are playing every week, sometimes the the international breaks are a brilliant little bit of a sort of you know, you know, we we write programs and you always try and have like every now and then you'd have like a an easy week or a, a sort of like you know your, your linear progression and then you'd. You tr- you have a, like a, a nice little unload. Now, sometimes then the the international windows can be a brilliant little unload for players in the Premiership and in the Champ. You know for sure. But if you're if you're not if you're not unloading and you keep loading, then that's where problems can occur. So so I see it as I, you, again you can't say that you can't say it's one thing. You can't say it's bad. You can't say it's good because I know players that have help their career by coming away with England and they become better players because they're exposed to different tactics, different tactics, different ways of training, different coaches, and it's made them better players. Um, but then, you know, conversely players maybe have come away and they get injured because they're, they're load, you know, and, and we, you know, England are very, very, you know, try and work with the clubs. And we, that's something that's, that's big in the last five years when I've been at the FA try and work the clubs as much as possible. So we get a lot of the loading data as as they enter. We you know look for four to six weeks of, of data because that's the really important data to get the loading data so that if someone is coming in and they are they have played every game and so you they are see their chronic and work, uh, an acute load when they when Yeah, they, yeah. We, yeah. That's 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 part of that's part of the, the sort of data data analytics department at the FA and sports science and physiotherapy that send your gp send you their gps data yeah so yeah yeah so there's yeah there's 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 different systems depending on what club because you know the the, you know the top clubs yeah there's almost a they're on the same platforms almost so it's so it's very much you know that that we can see it so yeah so that 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 and that's that's moved on a lot you know so now you know what you now you know you've what you've come in walking in the door so you would take care of them players because it will be it will be wrong to you know put a player who's just come off 
you know, it can be what, 15 games with full training, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you get a chance to give them one day, unload them for one day, then unload them, you know, and maybe the, if there's two, two or three games in an international window, if you don't, they don't have to play in that first game, maybe, or they're not, they're only going to play in two out of three, then half the squad not playing in that first game or the, the lads who, who, who haven't got the load in their system play in the first game. So, so there's a lot, there's a lot goes on behind the scenes to make sure that that's right. And it, and it's, you know, I think that's why, that's why you're seeing, um, Again, the England teams progressing so well, winning things. The 21s won, the 19s have won. I think the 17s this year, very, very strong. Uh, the senior team, I think we're, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now, will win the Euros or the World Cup the next, the next, the next two competitions. Nobody has the volume of, of talent England have right now. Yeah, exactly. So it's, so it's managing that. So the international windows are tough. Um, and as you say, you've got two big stakeholders wanting different things, but I think. It, it can work. I've seen it work for players massively. That imp- helps their career, makes them better players. And then, you know, unfortunately, there has been times where, where players do get injured while they're on international camp. And, you know, that that, that can be a negative. But, um, but you know, it's, 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 again, it's very hard to to give an answer on that. But, I, you know, I think um, I think just, the, the just more insight ju- into how it how it works. That's that's kind of the most interesting thing in it. Yeah, I think and it, and it's and I say it's got better and better and better, and it's it's continually getting better. And there's people at the FA and there's people in clubs just trying to trying to help out more and more. So so people yeah, have just, good intentions, but the bottom sure. line is there are dual stakeholders. Yes, that's that's a thing. A manager, because I, I would say this at club. I say this about club all the time. The medical team can only give information. The the driver is the manager. They make the decisions and they have to win that week. That's so so sometimes they make suboptimal decisions for the fitness of a player because they gamble. That's it's just there's nothing you can do about that. You get a new manager as well, it's gonna be the same thing. Um right. One it's a couple more things I wanted to delve on. I know you have to dash. Right. One quickly is what are your views on top ups? Top ups. Um again, done at the done with the right for the right reasons totally makes sense for me because if you've got players you know you've got you've got to have a sufficient load for a player and you know if they if they if they aren't if they aren't they're not sprinting regularly um you know you ask someone to sprint who hasn't sprinted regularly um in a game you know things can go pop so so top-ups done at the right time with the right thought, with the right players, I think, yeah, it makes sense. So our top-ups, I agree with you, uh, the premise entirely. Uh, our top-ups best done uh, doing uh, 16 doggies after the game or our top, uh, top-ups as a, an idea and a concept better done in training the next morning in a game situation? Depends on your week. Depends what you've got coming up. Depends what who's going to play the next game that's why again it it comes down to planning if, if you you know that's this is where the head of performance head of medical and the coach coaches and uh, and their money you know if you want a team that you know you're going to rotate certain players for the right reasons so then you know if you're planning this all out then you should know right why why a player is being topped up or why he's not being topped up or are we trying to get everyone on the same page so the the difference generally is the reason you top people up is to try and get everyone on. So the team that have played and the team that the lads who didn't play or did less minutes, you're trying to get them all on the same page because you want to take them through to 
the next day they all recover and then the following day it's plus two it's a little bit of an easy one and then plus three everyone can go yeah. rather than if the lads come in the next day they train hard everyone's sort of a day out it can be a, a day out but it depends yeah so so that's the that's the premise of doing top ups is to keep everyone on the same page and in the same with the same sort of load load management on the schedule right uh, and do you have, uh, have time for one last yeah. question yeah yeah uh, so last question would be warm-ups so no not Oof. just warm-ups it's that that could be that that could be a three-hour long conversation yes. um it is what are your feelings about players returning from long-term soft tissue injuries from for, coming back from a hammy or a rec fem coming on for 20 minutes at the end of a game and that timing is dictated by somebody coming off rather than you are warming up for 20 minutes and then going on yeah i'm calling the calling the shots today mate some cracking questions here um which i would i respect no less um yeah just risky becomes 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 risky becomes risky so you've got risk factors in everything you know, whether play, players are traveling back on planes and then how soon are they playing after international breaks? There's there's risk factors with everything. I think that's that's something that I myself as a practitioner, we speak to we speak to coaches about risks. So there's there's low risks, there's you know, medium risk, then there's higher risk, but you, you don't you never know. You you don't know. You can only give your opinion and give your risk factor if you like. So, you know, that that would be my way of looking at it. You know, ideally you'd want a player to 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 start the game because he's 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 planned and he if he's doing if you're doing forty five minutes, he's doing forty five minutes. He starts, he warms up fully, as you say, rather than sitting there. But again, the S and C guy, the physical prep guy will be warming people up regularly. Um, but you've got you've got anxiety anxiety, as you say, you've got the timings can are never right. You've got a, a coach saying, Get him on now, get him on now. And he hasn't done that that perfect solve. What is is there a perfect warm up? There's another question. Um, so so I would say it's mitigating risk fa- risk factors. But again, there's so many. It's, it's multifactorial. It's the job of a football manager is is I talk about it all the time. There are always chaos. risks. There is exactly it's herding cats. You're taking yeah. more information than ever been available before, and we as as sports science practitioners like to think we understand more. I'm never quite sure how much we know for sure, um, but we understand principles and we're trying to share these these nuggets of, of principles and information with the technical coach to make informed risk-based decisions. And so it's not like Klopp is a genius, so he's always right. He constantly makes wrong decisions because everybody does, they're humans. It's just how wrong are those decisions? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, and I think yeah, the the best the best guys make less of the big, the big sort of yeah, the big decisions that go wrong. So they know the very, right time to gamble. Yes, exactly, mate. Exactly, dude. I love that. I, you wish you do it more often. Uh, I, I'd love I'd love to do it more often. It is good to talk this sort of stuff. There's not many people geek out geek out on this like we do, but. Yeah, always happy to talk. I know I get so many questions from just oh, right. all the time because it's particularly I, I think in the last year people have like the those like Twitter pundit journo kind of the athletic. Um, as you can, there's an article about Harland that uh, uh, that Neil did in the Athletic, so you can check that out um, on Harland being jacked basically. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, people like, so people want to know, I get people from the time, like news journalists are always asking me different, uh, what does this, yeah. mean? what does this mean? So it's, it's becoming part of the, the zeitgeist anyway. And it's just nice no. to be able to disseminate it with an, like, an actual expert. So no, it's great that you're, uh, you're, you're, you know, you, you, you understand it so much as well. So no, brilliant. Great, great to speak. And hopefully we do again soon. Absolutely. Amen to that. Oh, Thanks dude. Thanks mate. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.